the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 40 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Good afternoon, Bay Area. Uh, This is your host, estate planning attorney Bob Bergman, feeling every one of those more than 40 years of practice today. If you've ever moved your your home or moved an office, as I did the furniture move this morning into my new office here in Cambrian Park, um, I'm bone tired. I mean, I'm sure... Uh, everything hurts. There are, part, there are parts of my body that I didn't realize could hurt that are hurting right now. And I'm sure if you've ever done that before and you've ever moved bunches of boxes and furniture and stuff like that, you'll know the pain that I'm feeling right now. So, um, But I'm in my new digs here in Cambrian Park. Um, there's stuff all over the place. And I'm probably going to be spending a good part of this weekend going through my office and deciding where things go um, because uh, I did get rid of a bunch of furniture in the move, but there's still a bunch left and I have to figure out where is it all going to fit. And uh, that's always a lot of fun. I want to let you know that I do have my estate planning workshops coming up in my new office here. Um, coming up on Saturday morning, August 6th, at uh, one workshop is at 9 o'clock till about 10.15, and the second one starts at 10.45 and goes till about noon. So there's a half an hour in between to give a little bit of leeway and a chance for people to clear out and new people to arrive and occupy the limited seating at these workshops. My second workshop at 10.45 is almost completely full now. I think there may be one or two spots left of the 18 that are available. There are more spots available for 9 o'clock, and, but even then, that is starting to fill up. There's uh, only a week from tomorrow morning will, will be when the first workshop starts at 9 o'clock. So if you're interested in finding more about estate planning, some estate planning issues, and finding out whether those are things that would be issues for you and your family and something that you should actually consider in the planning process and whether you should do planning at all, this would be a good workshop for you. There's no obligation. You can go to my website at lawbob, L-A-W-B-O-B dot com, and you can actually click on the link that uh, that is below the book a call which will take you to the page where you can read about the workshops and then at the bottom of that page there's two buttons one for nine o'clock one for 1045 
select the one that most suits you. Uh, I will tell you, if you select 1045 and it indicates there are none available, uh, it generally will give you an option to register for uh, the other one, or you can always back up your browser and then click on 9 o'clock and register for that one. So, I am uh, looking forward in about a week and a half. Uh, my family is going to be heading off to Orlando, Florida. Uh, we are going to Walt Disney World, a couple of days at Epcot, a couple of days at the Magic Kingdom, and one day at Hollywood, and then one day that's a floater day. That's right. I hope you have the rights for that. <laughs> Uh, that's where we're going, and it is a small, small world. And I don't know about you, but that that song uh, basically almost sends me over the edge. And uh, <laughs> um, But in, in any event, I'm going to be heading off there. And while I'm gone, um, there will be a show two weeks from today that either will be a rebroadcast of one of my earlier shows, or else before I leave, I will record a special show just to be broadcast two weeks from today. So I wanted to let you all know I should be live next Friday, but then I will be um, undead. No, I will be not live. I'll be pre-recorded um, or rebroadcast the following Friday. Now, for these shows, I usually follow the format of going through questions and comments from around the state of California. And I'm going to go ahead and follow that format right now. Um... I'm still kind of settling in in my new broadcast area here in my office. It's uh, it's actually pretty well lit, and it's pretty comfortable. Um, I have a lot more room to maneuver around than I did before, which means that I can uh, broadcast live on the air while I'm doing uh, calisthenics or uh, jogging in place or something like that. Um, seriously, I'm not doing anything like that. Um, I will say that that um, because of the move I've been doing into this new office, I am so tired right now that I'm a little bit loopy and I may be coming off as a, as a little bit disconnected today. But let's dive right in with some questions and comments from around the state of California. Here's one out of San Francisco, which I thought was pretty interesting person says, my mom passed away recently. Approximately five years ago, she did a living trust that included all of my siblings. But when she was diagnosed with terminal cancer, she wanted to make changes to the trust to leave everything to me. Apart from that, she also wanted to refinance her house and take money out so she could travel. My siblings were on board with the plan. Prior to my mother's death, we refinanced the house and I was added to the loan and title since she didn't have any income and I had to help her get the loan under both our names. The bank also required the living trust to be remade and my name to be the only one to receive property. There's some drama in the family now and one of my siblings threatened to sue me for the house. Can she do that? Answer, yes, she can do that. Is it likely she'll succeed? Less likely that she'll succeed. 
Uh, this person said, we're a large family. Everything was discussed prior, but unfortunately, due to life events, this has now transpired. So you got a sibling threatening to sue. Um, someone can threaten to sue. Someone can actually sue. There's nothing to stop somebody filing a lawsuit for just about any reason under the sun. As to whether or not she's, this uh, sibling is likely to prevail, that is a broader question. And if there's plenty of evidence and even testimony from the other family members about what was being done and what mom wanted and what they all worked out and everything, the likelihood is the sibling will not prevail in any lawsuit and would be well advised not to actually go forward with something like that. Okay, here's a question out of Fremont, California, and I'm see if I can unpack it. Can a trustee transfer property that's titled under a bypass trust, 50%, and a survivor's trust, 50%, to a beneficiary? And uh, let's see. It says Prop 19, family transfer from parent to son. So the, the real question here is... Um, if there's a bypass trust, typically a bypass trust would indicate that um, half of that tr of that property is in an irrevocable trust. Because it's, it's an irrevocable trust, you generally can't just transfer it out unless we're talking about transferring it to the ultimate beneficiary. Then perhaps the uh, surviving spouse could... Uh, could transfer it if there's only one beneficiary. Uh, this is the kind of thing that probably should involve sitting down with an attorney and sorting out just what can or can't be done. It's not real clear that you could just do that. Okay, we're coming up on the first break of the show today. And uh, when we come back, I will do some more Plan Your Estate radio. And, uh, and uh, we'll get more questions and comments from around the state of California. So we'll come back after the break, a uh, few minutes or so, listen to the commercials, probably some good people advertising on my show, and go patronize them. Talk with you after the break. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. And welcome back to the second segment of the show today. I thought I might use kind of a little more of a broadcaster voice. Thank you. Thank you. Accepting the award. No. Um, actually, a little, little side note. Several years ago, when I was in high school, I had a dream of being on radio. And I actually sent away for records from the Columbia School of Broadcasting. And, if, and some people, I'm sure, have heard of that. Yeah, they've heard of that. And, uh, and back then, they would send you records. And then they had booklets. And they had scripts that you were supposed to read and record on a cassette tape player and then you would record your copy as they say that's that's radio and television lingo 
uh, your commercials or whatever they were. Then you mailed them to the Columbia School of Broadcasting, and then uh, you'd wait, and then they would mail back uh, critiques of how you did. And uh, and I don't I don't think I ever actually finished their whole program, but that's when I kind of got this idea was of I'd like to be on radio. And then um, fast forward several years later, after doing many many years of community theater, singing, acting on stage, a little directing, all those kinds of things, I uh, end up with time on my hands. And I decide to actually go to a voice studio in San Francisco, and I start traveling there and taking classes on doing commercials, doing animation voices, which would be my dream job uh, to animate cartoon characters, be the voices for them, Um, because uh, I do funny voices. I do lots of accents and dialects and things like that. And I studied that, and then... Um, Fast forward a few years after that, and I had a show on KFAX, the sister station to KDOW. That's KFAX, 1100 AM. And it was a Saturday show that was pre-recorded, half-hour show, and I would go into the studio in Fremont and sit down uh, usually every other Wednesday for an hour And I would lay down two half-hour shows in that hour. We'd record the segments, and then they would put them together and broadcast them on Saturday. I did that for a couple of years, and then I stepped away. Then I had the opportunity, about four years ago, a little over four years ago, I was approached with the opportunity to actually have a live talk show on KDOW. They were opening up some live slots Monday through Friday afternoons from 2 to 3. Wednesday was already taken because that probably would have been my first choice, hump day, you know. But because that was taken, I said, give me Friday afternoon. Because Friday afternoon, there's going to be people that have left work early starting the weekend or they're driving home. From from work, they left early and they're on their way home and they're listening on the radio. And uh, then there'd be the people at home working in their shop or who are retired, who just like to listen to radio all day long. And so I picked that time slot and I've been doing this show for over four years now uh, in this same time slot here on KDOW 1260 AM. Um, I plan on doing this, <laughs> sorry, 1220 AM. Thank you, Mike. Um, 1260, yeah, 1220, I'm sorry. I told you I was tired when this show started. I can't remember the, 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 uh, calls and the, uh, the, where I am on the dial, but you're listening there out there in my listening audience. So you knew where, where I am on the dial and that's good. So 1220 AM KDOW. Uh, and I plan on doing this as many years as I'm able to get behind this microphone and go forward. Um, I hope that what I do on this show actually helps educate, 
entertain sometimes, um, cause some distress at times. And, uh, and I will tell you, that's intentional on my part. Because estate planning is something that if you do it when you have plenty of time to think about it and you're healthy and there's nothing pushing on you, it's not that difficult to do. It, it can be, can be life-changing to do the planning. The worst time to do the planning is when you're forced to do it because you've been diagnosed with a terminal illness or, or something else has gone wrong and you just have to get this done and in place as quickly as possible. Then it's very stressful. So I tell you these situations from around the state of California in the hope that you'll hear them and it will encourage you to actually take action. Take action right away to get your planning done so that you're not facing the kind of situations that I read on the air every week on this show. Uh, You can go to lawbob.com, click on the book a call to book a consultation with me. I have some availability over the next week and a half before I go away to Orlando. And then, of course, I'll be available after I come back from Orlando, which would be basically after the 17th of August. I'll be gone from the 10th to the 17th. Please consider doing that. This is something that your family will thank you for if you get it taken care of. They will not thank you if you don't do anything and they're forced to go through the probate process to inherit from you, which can take months and months and months of time uh, and in some cases could even take over a year. All right, out of Sacramento, California, as I have finished waxing poetic, um, Grandpa has a friend, quote, who is his executor and a realtor, and he'll sell Grandpa's house and belongings. He has said that what is still in the house after he's gone will be sold. And what I understand, um, it's up to him if it's not stated in the will and the money goes to trust. This may, I'm sorry, this makes no sense at all. Um, Question, can the realtor who's going to sell Grandpa's property also be the executor of his will? Yes, he can be. Hopefully, if he's actually... Uh, doing double duty, he uh, has the the um, he won't double dip and actually charge to be the executor and charge to sell the real estate because if he sells the real estate as a realtor, his responsibility as the executor is maybe to sell that real estate. He could double dip. Hopefully, Grandpa um, has worked it out so he doesn't double dip. That would be my concern. Okay, we're coming up on the mid-show break. When we come back, I will continue with more Plan Your Estate Radio. This is your host, estate planning attorney Bob Bergman, broadcasting from Cambrian Park in San Jose, California. And we'll see you on the other side of the break. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. 
and welcome back. So let's move to Yorba Linda, California. I don't mean let's all pack up and head down to Yorba Linda. I'm just saying this next situation is from Yorba Linda. So let's see what we got here. Question, can a married person create their own separate living trust without any involvement of their spouse? One of my parents wants to make their own separate living trust without the other parent involved. No signatures or notarized paperwork required from the other parent. I know usually married couples both create their own separate living trust together. No, they create a joint living trust. I had trouble finding out if just one person create their own can create their own separate trust and the spouse not have one at all. Okay, the short answer is yes. The more involved answer is maybe not or it may not be effective. Uh, if I'm married and everything, all the property that I own is community property, I could make a separate trust. I could make a will that directs that my share of community property goes to my trust at my death and then is distributed according to what my trust says. So I have the right to control the disposition of my half of community property, my half of property owned by the marriage. However, if I own property as a joint tenant with my spouse or community property with right of survivorship, um, which is actually very common, both are very common, when I die my share of the property automatically goes to my spouse by operation of law. A will that I've done or a trust that I may have prepared, those things don't really figure into the equation. So unless property is owned as tenants in common, meaning that each spouse owns a divided half interest in the property, um, doing a separate living trust and a separate will may not be effective to actually transfer the interest of one spouse uh, separate from transferring, um, uh, separate from having it go just to the surviving spouse. So it's a yes, but it's a qualified yes. Okay, here's a question out of L.A. Can an heir pay the attorney's statutory probate fees from her own pocket? I need to probate my mother's house, and I want to keep it, not sell it. There's no cash in the estate to pay for probate fees and the attorney. How can I enter into a contract with the attorney to pay for everything myself out of pocket instead of the attorney getting paid from the estate? What's the proper way to do this? Now, what I'm about to say may be different in different counties here in California. Um... Uh, for example, in Southern California, this is out of Los Angeles, I've had colleagues say that uh, the court required approval of payment of any fees to an attorney, even if the fees are paid outside of the estate. In other words, paid by a beneficiary or a third party outside of the estate and not from the estate. Uh, up here in Santa Clara County and also in San Mateo, um, I have done probates where I just get paid directly 
typically a fixed fee that I charge, and I request uh, people deposit that money into my trust account, and then I draw against that fee as we go through probate, and then uh, and then when I do the file accounting in probate, I tell the court in the petition that no statutory fees are being awarded to me from the estate and that fees have been paid from a collateral source, meaning outside of the estate. And I just ask the court to affirm that assertion. And I also have to indicate in the petition that the fees that I charged did not exceed what the statutory fees would be. Uh, Otherwise, the court would uh, be upset with that. But other parts of the state, they won't let you do that. Uh, Santa Clara and San Mateo, my experience has been, they have no problem with me getting getting paid along the way um, for work that I do along the way instead of having to wait until the very end of the meal to have the bill paid, uh, which is what... Statutory fees, that's kind of like going to a restaurant, having a seven-course meal prepared and served to you, spending several hours there dining, and then you don't pay for the meal till the very end. Probate's like that, only it's instead of several hours, it's several months before the attorney gets paid. Uh, So that's why I tend to not charge the statutory fees. I charge a lower fee. Uh, typically a fixed amount, um, just as a fixed fee to handle the probate paperwork. And that way I can legitimately, at least in San Mateo and Santa Clara, pay myself along the way, and I don't have to wait till the very end to get paid. Okay. I filed for divorce in California, and then my husband's brother took him to create a will and trust giving the brother rights to everything. Then my husband passed away. The divorce never went through. Can he do that? What are my rights? Well, this is kind of the flip side of the earlier question. In this case, a will and trust were created by the husband after divorce was filed by the wife. And uh, and what that suggests to me is there may have been um, there may have been some advice um, for the husband to create a will and trust, deciding where his half of community property goes, which he can do. And uh, in fact, it it might be recommended in many cases to do that if you don't want things to automatically go to the spouse that is divorcing you. However, this involves coordination between your family lawyer and your estate planning attorney. You don't try and do this on your own because there are rules when you file for divorce about what you can and can't do. And uh, and in some cases, it's very possible to accidentally violate those rules and end up in contempt of court. That's contempt of the family court. So I recommend this is not a do-it-yourself thing to do. You need to work with someone who's knowledgeable and is going to make sure that you don't end up in trouble with the court. Okay, here we go. From Bakersfield, California, person says, 
Grandma had severe dementia. Our dad passed away, and both he and my uncle were pay-on-death beneficiaries on Grandma's stock account. Our uncle requested a new account be opened, removing our dad as pay-on-death by mail. Okay. Grandma was not in her right mind and did not know what she signed. Oh, so the uncle basically had Grandma sign papers changing the pay-on-death beneficiary on the stock account. Um, my uncle controlled all their finances, paying bills, etc. He exercised undue influence over her. He wrote checks to his son in large amounts before she passed. He told us he would transfer our father's portion of stocks to us, but then changed his mind, told his broker not to do it. He now claims that they are all his and we don't get our father's portion. Grandma had a will my uncle now claims is missing, so she died intestate. Bank statements tell the story of money he's taken before and after her passing. Grandma always told us and said it in her will everything was to be split between everyone. A neutral administrator is going to be appointed, but the stock account has not been included in the probate. How do we get our father's portion of stocks? There's only me, my sister, and my uncle remaining. Well, if grandma was elderly, which it sounds like she was, the uncle may have actually committed elder financial abuse in handling grandma's stock account that way, especially if he took money out while she was still alive and wrote big checks to his son. That's basically embezzlement, and uh, and it may very well be that complaining to Adult Protective Services or the um, the fraud division of in Bakersfield in the DA's office have them look into that, and if they determine that he in fact did embezzle from Grandma, then they can actually go after him to get that money back. Uh, maybe even go after his son as well if she knew if he knew full well that it was Grandma's money that was being handed to him. There may have even been a criminal conspiracy going on there. So that's what I would say. It's not part of the probate, but um, but at the same time, uh, you may be able to go after your uncle to actually get things back. That's something to keep in mind right there. Okay, we're coming up on the third break of the show today. And when we come back, we'll wrap it up for today with more Plan Your Estate Radio. I want to give you one quick reminder again. I do have estate planning workshops coming up on Saturday, August 6th, starting at 9 o'clock and then again at 1045, Saturday morning the 6th. You can register at lawbob.com by going there and clicking on the button for uh, my seminars and workshops. Then drop to the bottom of the page where you can register. So we'll come back. After a brief commercial break to wrap up the show today, this is attorney Bob Bergman, and we'll see you for the final break in a few minutes. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back to the final segment of our show today. Okay, um, all 
point, well, okay, this isn't, uh, we'll kind of skip that one because it doesn't really make much sense. Okay, now here, I recently obtained a rental property insurance policy, but the company is now wanting to cancel it because the property title is held in a trust with myself as sole beneficiary and trustee. I spoke to a company rep who told me, quote, we will insure a property titled to a trust only if it's owner-occupied, but not if it's rented out. Really? Um, my response to that would be, talk to another insurance company. Uh, I mean, property held, uh, there are people, I have all kinds of clients that have rental property in their living trusts. I have clients that have rental property held in irrevocable trusts. Um, the fact that it being owner-occupied, that's just a quirk for this particular insurance company. There are any number of insurance companies that would have no problem insuring a property that is a rental property. I mean, because really, that's really no different uh, than insuring a commercial building. Uh, the fact that it's in a revocable living trust is kind of legally irrelevant because a revocable living trust has no asset protection qualities. It would not prevent um, uh, anyone from foreclosing on the property if the loan wasn't paid. Um, I, I think it could be this insurance company. Maybe they don't really understand trusts. Maybe they're ignorant about just what trusts are. And um, I can't really think of any other reasons why, um, why there would be a problem. Okay. Out of Mission Viejo, California. Okay, here's the situation. We live in California with all our property within the state. My parents decided to do a living trust will without a lawyer. In doing so, they each created a general durable power of attorney, a certificate of trust, an advanced health care directive form, and authorization for disclosure of protected information, which is probably the HIPAA authorization, last will and testament, and a revocable living trust. Okay, that's most of the documents in a complete estate plan. There's some other ones that should be prepared, but that's, that's pretty good right there. I don't know if they're any good. Let's just assume that they're good. After creating these documents, my parents signed and dated these documents in front of a banker and in front of two disinterested witnesses. Okay? After filling all parts of these documents that needed signatures, addresses, and dates, it sounds like they got forms, the banker and the two disinterested witnesses added their signatures, address, and dates to these documents as well. From this point, I assume the living trust will documents are complete and just need to be stored in a safe place. Let me pause right here. Not necessarily... Um, the durable power of attorney typically needs to be notarized. The last will and testament needs to be witnessed. And so, and, and if that is, um, that the will could be good. The trust doesn't need to have witnesses or be notarized at all. So that's probably okay. 
the Advanced Healthcare Directive with witnesses on it, that's probably okay. But then the person says, is that really all that needs to be done? I thought that after these documents were notarized at the bank, we need to get them to the county clerk recorded department for their records. However, I'm not sure. Well, first of all, you don't take documents like that and go record them at the county recorder's office. That's not really what you would do with them. Um, That actually makes no sense. Something like a living trust, that is actually a private document that is only subject to um, that is is only subject to um, let's see living yeah uh, living trust is is uh, only really something that you would ever uh, have public notice um, because it is actually a private document if you had to go to court for something to do with the trust and then you'll typically have to file a copy of the trust in whatever petition you filed with the court. Other than that, everything's private. The will might eventually be filed with the court after someone dies. And he, and But beyond that, that's really it. That's really it. There, there's not really going to be uh, any public disclosure of anything in the, uh, in the trust, or rather in the public record. Okay. All right. Uh, what are typical costs for a Hegstat petition? Uh, I charge a fixed fee of $6,000 plus uh, $50 additionally if uh, for each additional certified copy of an order that's needed. Uh, that's probably mid-range now for a petition like that. Okay. We're coming up on the end of the show today. Uh, I'll be back next Friday. So I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I'll be spending my weekend getting my office in order and getting it set up to actually officially open on Monday. I hope you have a great weekend. This is your host, estate planning attorney, Bob Bergman. Plan your estate radio. Have a great weekend. Goodbye. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.